0: To share a word that the Lord gave me on um on July it's so he gave me this word a while back <laughs> um, it was on July 6th um, of this year um, sometimes when I'm praying uh, I will either God gives me a song or he gives me you know it's like you either have to write it down you have to do something otherwise you you'll lose it you know it won't you were like, what? It's because it's right there in that moment, the spirit of God, um, he reveals and he quickens, you know, what, like, all right, what's going on? You know, what's being said? And so um, on July 6th, this was, yeah, it was it was July 6th, and I was praying in the, in the house, and I was thinking about our church. And I was thinking about just, just everything of, like, Lord, um, our theme, um, thinking about... Um, you know, crossing over is, it's a constant, right? There's constant things you're crossing over. Um, there's, there's, there's transitions that are constantly taking place in our lives. It never stops. Um, you, there's, it's just, you're constantly growing, you know, you never, I don't think there's ever a time where we can say we've arrived, right? Like I, I mean, even the word of God says that Paul says as like, not that I've obtained it or have been made perfect, um, but I press forward and I keep going. And, um, but in order for that to happen, you know, there's, we have to have a sound mind. Amen. Um, and so on, on July 6th, I, I was, I recorded a voice memo and I, I wrote it out. Um, and basically what it said, I'm just going to read it, it. says, the Lord, I felt like the Lord impressed this of, you're going to need a sound mind when you, when you cross over and when you transition to what the Lord's been preparing for you. You're going to need a sound mind and clarity of your inheritance, of who you are. Uh, You're going to need a sound mind in who you were called and who you were created to be, who you're called and who you're created to be. You're going to need a sound mind about the life that is found in the blood of Jesus. You're going to need a sound mind of your inheritance as a daughter and as a son. You're going to need clarity. So this is, as I was praying, the Lord just started dropping this. You're going to need all of the cloudiness to fade away because where you're going, you have to be able to see. If you don't see, you're going to be deceived with things, thinking that you're not at an intersection when you truly are at an intersection. You're you're at a place where you need to decide what you're going to do. Will I go to the left or will I go to the right? Right towards the Lord. But it's so easy if you don't have that clarity, you can miss it. So you're going to need a sound mind of the blood that covers you, the sound mind of the inheritance that you have, and of who you are—that you're a child of God. And that's that's why we sang that song, "I am a child, I'm no longer slaves. I'm a child of God," um, because as I was, we were thinking about the worship set, but I was I I was prepared of knowing, Lord what what do you want me to say um what but this isn't just like a a, like a sermon in a sense it's it's more so i i felt like it was a word from the lord for for all of us you're going to need clarity um as as you there's intersections that we're at and it can be so easy to think that you're doing the right thing when you're not (laughs) and we can be deceived We can really go the opposite way and think that we're at the right way when in reality we're not doing the right thing at all. So that's why it's so critical, it's so important um, that we seek God and we ask him for his mind. We ask him for, just like that scripture says, for God has not given us right a spirit of fear. pastor has been saying that scripture, a power of love and a sound mind. Um, it's. I don't think it's. It's definitely not a coincidence um, that we we have been hearing that, and I, I I believe that there's just been constant things. You know where and what you're doing or where you're going and the places that you face. Um, but I believe this is a now word for our church of we will need clarity of the foundational things, of inheritance because the inheritance that we have. It's not something to take lightly. Like we are sons and daughters of the living God. We were bought with the perfect sacrifice, blood sacrifice. And the things of the Old Testament foreshadowed the things of the new, of, of, of how Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. But make no mistake about it, that the, the tabernacle that, was, that, that God spoke to Moses how it was designed and how it was made and the animal sacrifice, all of those things, it smelled like blood. It smelled like flesh. There was burning of flesh, and there still needs to be burning of flesh today, our flesh. <laughs> and we can't do it, but the Lord can. And so this is why we, he's already done it, right, by the blood of the lamb. We are, we, we are set free by the blood of the lamb. We're brought near. But it can be so easy to forget that and then we can take it lightly. And when we take it lightly, what ends up happening is we end up in a state of uh, uh, really like comfortability, or I'm trying to think of the word of, of mediocrity. You know, we we kind of just go, ah, it's all right, I'm just living my life day to day, um, without really holding the significance um, and we forget the awe and the reverence of the Lord in the, the, the price that he's, he's paid for you and I. Um, and, I and I just want to share that uh, the sound, like I said, the Lord said we're going to need clarity. And, and that scripture of 2 Timothy 1, 1 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So this is what you're going to need. <laughs> this is what you and I are going to need. We are going to need this. Um, wherever you are at in your in your walk with the Lord in your life right now, you can be at an intersection, and I believe there are decisions that are being made or that you have to be, make, and This is where you need to ask the Lord for clarity. Do not make a decision just because you think it's the right thing. You can have everything lined up and it can look so good, but don't be deceived. (laughs) This is where you need to seek the Lord. Go back to his word and ask the Holy Spirit. He's He's the one that teaches us all things and brings back into remembrance all things. Go back to his word and ask him what he says because If we do things out of just doing them, it can bring dishonor to the Lord. And I don't want to bring dishonor to the Lord, right? You don't want to bring dishonor. We want to let us have fear and awe of of our king. And, And fear is not being afraid where it says the fear of God, to have the fear of God. It's not, I'm afraid of God. Um, it's to have a respect, a reverence of how big, how mighty, how holy he is and how, whoa, big our big God and here we are, <laughs> Lord, that you are mindful of us. What is man that you are mindful of him? He's, it says in the book of Psalms, but but that we, he considers us. And so, Lord, teach me your ways. Show me what to do, how to do. Whatever it is, and I, so I just want to, I just want to share that with you. And maybe there's clarity. There's things that you're needing clarity. Begin to ask the Lord for that, um, and we will pray for you um, with that. Because I, I truly believe that that this is a, a now word of, of of the Lord wanting us to have a sound mind and clarity. Um, but one thing then that got quickened to me uh, was, like Lord, as I'm as I he 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 shared that. To me, in July, I'm still praying on that, you know, and I'm, I'm still seeing that unfold. But now, um, as I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, like, what? I, I was reading his word, and, and um, I came across the story in Leviticus. I don't really like Leviticus, because it's very long, and there's so many. Uh, it can get confusing, because there's so many different types of offerings, and they go through the whole animals, like burnt offerings, peace offerings, grain offerings. But, but I, let me tell you, the word of God is alive and active. And if you ask him to give you understanding, to give you hunger, he will give it. I've been reading it over and over again. I'm like, Lord, help me understand this. But it's, it's so amazing and it's so intricate that how the details of what the Lord, how he set up just a place so that the people of God that Israel could enter into covenant with him. But then also all the things that they had to do in order just so that they could um, make atonement for sin. And we know that Jesus, right, he is our high priest now. Um, He is the one, he's the sacrifice once and for all. But as I was reading in the book of Leviticus, well, I I was reading a little bit of the ending of Exodus, and Leviticus, and kind of, I want to give a little bit of backwards context of we know that Exodus, um, the people of God exit out of Egypt, right? We know that. And then, um, they are going to enter into covenant with God through God's talking to Moses. Um, and so what ends up happening is he's, God's breaking down everything. Um, I'm just giving some context. And, and so, He's breaking down everything what's going to, this is what needs to take place. Um, you know, this is how I want consecration. I want, um, you know, you set apart so that way you can you can bring the offerings to me. You have to do it a certain way. And he's telling Moses all of these things. And, you know, he has to go back and tell the people. He's the messenger, basically. And, and having to, he's the mouthpiece of the Lord and, and, and he's having to go back and, and say, okay, like this is what the Lord is saying, you know, um, all while that is taking place, um, the Lord tells him too, like about, you know, how he's going to give wisdom to one of the, the guys, this, um, his name is Bezel to build the tabernacle. Um, and, and so there's all these, there's, there's There's so much detail in what's to come, but meanwhile, as all of this is taking place, then the people are tired of waiting. (laughs) They're tired of waiting, and they're like, "I don't know what what's going on with this man of Moses. Like, I don't know what happened. Why did he lead us here? And we want we want a God. And so, fast forward Exodus 32. It says, verse 1, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, they gathered together before Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So they got tired. (laughs) They got restless. And they got deceived. Because so crazy they really thought that that God was going to be in this this man creation of a God so Aaron and this was is what stunned me as I'm as I'm reading this but Moses and Aaron like Aaron knew God right like he 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 had seen they all had seen the moves the miraculous works of God and how he led them out of Egypt but still So Aaron replied to them, take off the gold rings that are in the ears of your wives, your sons and daughters, and bring them to me. Verse 3, so all the people took off the gold rings that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. What? That is deception, right? But why on earth would they think that? But sometimes we're like that. (laughs) We create things thinking that it's God and it's not, but we'd rather serve and worship the creation rather than the creator because we get so restless with, with, we are not content with how God is moving and make no mistake about it, God is moving. It's just not how you're imagining it. And that's okay because God doesn't have to explain his way to you. His ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. So we can trust him though because he's faithful. But it says, verse 5, now when Aaron saw the molten calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So they got up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. Then the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to play shamefully without moral restraint. <laughs> they started doing all of this to the molten calf. What? <laughs> um, they offered whole animals and peace offerings without getting to, to so much. One of the, the symbolic meanings of the peace offerings was the goal of fellowship and communion. That was the reason why we sometimes we think peace offerings are like, oh, like, well, here's the olive branch for good. But that's not what a peace offering, um, that's not how God describes it. When you look in Leviticus um, and you, he as God breaks down um, and the instruction in Leviticus, its peace offerings were never about appeasing. It was never about like, let's just make peace. A peace offering was meant for communion. It was meant for fellowship um, with, with God. Um, and so in essence, they're bringing peace offerings to this calf. They're wanting communion with this man-made idol, <laughs> um, so this is this is just like wow. They they got tired and now they're sitting and they're 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 just they tell their leader and the leader Aaron at the time because he's the one taking watch over them doesn't know what to do. He has he he doesn't. He doesn't seek counsel either of any sort. He's just like, okay, here, you know, let's see what we can do. And it's really sad because they got deceived. Um, and so if you think about this, Moses ends up, God ends up telling him, you better go down and check your people pretty much. I'm summarizing this, okay? <laughs> He's saying you better go down and check your people because they're serv- they're, they're worshiping a golden calf, <laughs> yeah and so you need to go down and honestly I'm really upset with them I'm, I'm gonna destroy them I want to destroy them <laughs> like like they literally just entered into covenant like like they were they literally were like it, it just was like they were waiting for for Moses to come down to give instruction but they were tired of the waiting and then once Moses comes down because he got the word of the Lord he got the 10 commandments he comes down and he's just like what's going on he breaks the com- the, the, the the Ten Commandments. The Lord, we see, you know, uh, Moses had a little bit of a temper then. <laughs> and you see that later on. But God doesn't get too mad at this at him this time. Um, he, uh, they end up resolving it. Um, God, Moses is pleading for Israel and just saying like, please don't destroy them. Remember the promises that you gave them of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the Lord's like, fine. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to destroy them. And, um, and so comes back with the two tablets replaced. This is um, Exodus 32 through 34. You can read this. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm summarizing some of this, but Exodus 34, um, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you smashed. <laughs> I like how the Lord said that. Like, when, when you smash them, uh, I'm going to write it again. And he says, when you learned of Israel's idolatry. So they do. Um, everything is is explained to them. Uh, and what ends up happening, though, I'm I'm fast-forwarding a little bit. The tabernacles completed, instructions being given about the priests, the ones who were going to give the sacrifices, okay? Um, and now the laws of different um, burnt offerings, grain offerings, this is all in Leviticus now. Now that it's going to start breaking, I'm not going to... Don't worry, I'm not going to break down any of this stuff right now. <laughs> I'm just wanting to give some context. Um there's laws of burnt offerings, grain offerings, peace offerings. This is all Leviticus 1 through through 5. Guilt offerings, um and then it talks about the priest's part and how now there was going to be a consecration of Aaron and his sons. So this is where I'm going I'm going right now. Okay, so The Lord said in Leviticus Leviticus 8, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments which are symbols of their office and the anointing oil and the bull for the sin offering and the two rams and the baskets of unleavened bread and assemble the entire congregation at the doorway of the tent of of the meeting. And so what, what was happening right now was God ordained Aaron and his sons to be the high priests. God, or, God ordained them to offer uh, sacrifices to the to the Lord. Okay, so this was not no like little task. This was a very important task. This was this was very very important, and so Aaron they, they had to consecrate themselves for eight days. This is how serious it was because they couldn't have any sin in their lives. They could they had to make Constant offerings. There was a setup of, of what had to take place. And so it was a very serious matter, okay? Aaron offers sacrifices in Leviticus 9, okay? And towards the end, I'm going to read Leviticus 9, verses 23. It says Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord, the Shekinah cloud, appeared to all the people as promised. So after all the instruction was done, after all the offerings was done, there were specific ways of how to bring a burnt offering. There were specific ways of how to even bring uh, the altar of incense, which it, it wasn't just any type of fire. <laughs> It was fire that, that had to be done a certain way. Um, there was, I, it, it was so specific, okay? And so Aaron does his part, and then it says, verse 24, Then fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and they fell face down in awe and worship. Okay, so so they just gave we, we see the presence of God come, okay? But now Aaron's sons are next, okay? So Leviticus 10, it says, this is, and this is really what I felt that was highlighted to me as I, was, as I was reading the sin of Nadab and Abihu. It says, now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, they took their respective ceremonial censors. This is Leviticus 10, chapter 1. They put fire in them, and they placed incense on it and offered strange, unauthorized, unacceptable fire before the Lord, an act which he had not commanded them to do. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord said, I will be treated as holy by those who approach me. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron therefore said nothing. Could you imagine eight days they spent consecrating themselves? And right the very first time they're going to offer their offerings to the Lord, two of four of his sons die. Two out of four of them die right then and there. So eight days consecrating themselves. And they died. It says, Moses called Mishael and Aliphon, the sons of Uzziah, who was Aaron's uncle, this verse 4, and said to them, Come here, carry your relatives away from the front of the sanctuary and take them outside the camp. So they came forward and carried them still in their under tunics outside the camp. As Moses had said, then Moses said to Aaron and to his younger sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not uncover your heads, nor let your hair hang loose, nor tear your clothes as expressions of mourning, so that you will not die also. And so that he will not express his wrath and anger toward all the congregation. But your relatives, the whole house of Israel, may mourn the burning which the Lord had brought. Okay, so what Nadab and Abihu did, it says that they offered strange fire. (laughs) And it's amazing because Aaron's sons were given the privilege to behold God previously to eat and drink in his presence. But not long after that, something happened. And what happened was what they offered to God, it was out of irreverence. Like they didn't really care the type of fire they 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 didn't care about the process. God explained from, I mean, you can, from Leviticus one to Leviticus eight, the laws of the offerings, very specific of what the priests, what their protocol was. To, this was all God's instruction. But it was like they dismissed it. They didn't really care because it said, Now Nadab and abihiel the sons of Aaron, took their respective ceremonial censors. They put fire in them. Verse: This is Leviticus 10.1. And placed incense on it, offering strange, unauthorized, acceptable fire before the Lord, an act that he had not commanded them to. So this reminds me of carelessness. <laughs> they didn't care how they brought their offering to the Lord. They didn't care what they were doing. They they didn't have they didn't have reverence, and and because of that, it led to their downfall. Led to their death. What a tragedy, right? But the truth is, they they were acting in their own wisdom and their own understanding, and I believe that they for. It doesn't say why. Or it doesn't say why did they do that. But all we know of that is that it said the Lord had not commanded them to do that. And that's so sobering because sometimes we can think we're doing, like I said, the things for the Lord. Or we think we can, we're can we offering something for the Lord or to the Lord. But in reality, it can be us operating in something that's not even God at all. You know, they... they 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 did their part, but it it cost them their lives. you know um so don't let your carelessness and don't let carelessness and irreverence be your downfall because that's what happened to them careless carelessness and irreverence of of God it can lead to our own own complacency in our own lives. Um, it leads to compromise, and so I want to remind you today don't forfeit the kingdom of God at the price of mediocrity. Don't forfeit the kingdom of God at the price of mediocrity. Don't forfeit the treasure that's been given. We've been given the privilege to enter into relationship with God through Jesus. And Aaron's sons, you know, they they lost the fear of God in that moment, which is so... You can be... Isn't that amazing? They They were... For eight days, this was, this was the focus of consecrating themselves. This was the focus of, 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 of getting themselves ready to do what the Lord had called them to do. And so easily, at that eighth day, they just they took it upon themselves to offer something God never commanded them to do. The book was there, the the the, 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 the instruction was there. Couldn't they have asked Moses? They didn't seek counsel. Sometimes we think accountability is us, is your leader checking on us. But in reality, what I've learned is accountability is us checking in with our leaders. It's not just me checking on someone saying, yes, it's how are you doing? But the truth is, as a person, I have to be accountable to share what's going on in my life. Or I have to be accountable of not just saying, hey, this is I'm thinking about this. What do you think about this? I, I and look at this is the reason why I say this is cuz Nadab and Abihu their son their their their, their dad was Aaron. The, their dad had just did the burnt offering. Like this is crazy to me. Like Aaron just offered sacrifices. Aaron just did it to the T. He didn't die. <laughs> but his sons died. His sons were not accountable. They didn't ask Aaron. They didn't even ask Moses. So that tells me that there was carelessness and there was pride within them to say, I know how to do it. We'll just go and offer this. And sometimes we think like, oh man, like I'm going to just offer whatever I offer. But do not forget, God is holy. And the reason why they died was because he's holy. Holy. Nothing unholy can touch God. So they had to die. Because if, if they didn't die, then the standard would be that God allows carelessness and complacency and God allows things that that tarnish who he is. He's holy. And this was setting the foundations and the stages of how to come to a holy God. It was I know we're never going to be perfect. I'm I'm translating this now. So we're we're never going to be perfect. We come through and by the blood of Jesus now. Amen. we don't have to continually offer. But make make no mistake about it. The fear of God and the reverence of the holy God. It can be lost if we think that being in routine and just going about things. If that's it. Those things. It was neglected for them which is so it just shows you can be doing things for god and not really be in love with god not really recognize the reverence and who how holy it he is the sacrifice that we offer and how we offer it it costs us something and it'll cost us our lives one way or the other i've heard this in the world there's no wrong way to die but is there to die because of a careless act and a reverent way of living, it's really sobering because it'll cost you. Sin is ugly, but sin, sin is not just about the negative impact it has on on people. Sin is the separation from the holy God, and it hurts God. How holy he is, how He 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 cannot be around anything that's not holy, which is why he sent his son. But Jesus is not just a sponge where we just grab him when we need him. You know, where it's like, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that greasy grace. Like, okay, like, well, I sinned. Oh, well, you know, um, there's grace for me. Yeah, there is grace, but Make no mistake about it, Like God is holy, he's creator, he's above all, he's perfect, he's a consuming fire. So to tolerate, let alone allow sin in his presence, would make him not holy. To to- and this is why we see what happened in Leviticus uh, 10. To tolerate, let alone sin in his presence, it would make him a casual God, and he's not casual. It would make him that his presence is like anybody else's presence, and it's not. It would allow to to tolerate let alone allow sin and think about this for ourselves to tolerate or allow sin in your life it would create mediocrity and it would make god mediocre he's not a casual god he's anything but casual he's holy and being in his presence and about our father's business is anything but casual it's not light so ask lord what am i offering to you and how am i offering it is my offering is it pleasing to you hebrews 13:15 says that it says we've been given the privilege to enter into relationship with god it said so so let us continuously offer a sacrifice of praise with the fruit of our lips that acknowledge the name of jesus so lord is it pleasing to you is my serving pleasing to you is is my preparation is it pleasing to you is my commitment pleasing to you? Is the stewardship of what you've given to me pleasing to you? Or am I just going about it with irreverence? Am I just going about it carelessly? Am I forgetting what your word has said? Am I forgetting the instructions that your word has said? Am I forgetting the 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 importance and the value of your word and how you are calling me to live my life? And even as in the body of the, the body of Christ, as we're here together as brothers and sisters in Christ, is you get plugged into ministry. You get, we get to do life w- with one another, right? We get to do these things for God. It's a true privilege. So then it's like, Lord, am I stewarding what you've been giving me, Lord? How is it pleasing to you? Are my commitments, is my communication with my brothers and my sisters, with my leaders, with, with one another, is it pleasing to you, Lord? Is my marriage pleasing to you? Is how I'm handling conflicts in my life or with my spouse or with my brother or sister-in-law? Am I honoring you as I'm going about these things or am I just treating it as like, oh, well, it's whatever? Because every other little thing that we do, it matters. We live to please him, right? We live to please him. We live to honor him. We live to, to offer him the best of the best because it's what he deserves, but so much more. It says that they offered him strange fire. And I thought, man, Lord, what is, I wonder what that smelled like. <laughs> it must have smelled strange <laughs> and bad. And because every other scent where it says, the, if you read within Exodus in Leviticus, as he talks about offerings, it says that the, the, the fragrance was, was, uh, was sweet and the aroma was sweet. But what they offered was strange. It was unauthorized. It was it it was something that displeased God. Other translations said it was profane. It was not good. And and so I I I think of that as like Lord, what does my service to you smell like? Is it strange, or can you sense the sweet aroma? Is it pleasing to you, Lord? So ask Him that, Lord. Is what is. What's my smell like to you, Lord, as I live my life? Is my smell like sweet aroma to you, Lord, or is it strange? I don't want to offer you strange things, Lord. And so we think about that. Where am I at in regards to following your decrees, your words, and what you say, and how I love while I live? Ephesians 5.2 says this. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Jesus is the pleasing aroma. So let everything that we do be done with knowing that Lord Jesus, I'm doing this unto you because any other type of way that we do it, whether it's out of our own will, out of our own righteousness, it's not, it's going to be a strange smell. And so we can say that god knows my heart well god knows my heart but he certainly does but do you know your heart (laughs) is my heart what are what are my motives lord we have to ask the lord that what is what drives me pleasing to you or is it infused with will worship will worship is my own will not his will Is it Or is it shadowed with pride? Is it zeal without knowledge and knowledge without understanding and commitment? Because I can have zeal for the Lord but not have commitment to, to his word or to his way of living. See, because we have zeal for God and it's beautiful, but zeal without knowledge, it really leads to death. Because, right, my people die for a lack of uh, knowledge, yeah. So, knowledge of how holy he is. Lord, put the fear of God back inside of me, Lord. Put the awe and the reverence, the weighty cost, the value, that you're not just a casual God. There's work to be done and we cannot go about it casually. He's a holy God. Renew that commitment to the Lord. I'm committed to your ways. I'm committed to your house. I'm committed to the hard, slow work of discipleship. I'm committed for to be my life and offering to you, to lay down my life, to pick up my cross, to deny myself, to follow you, Lord, because as I, as I deny myself, I'm denying my will. And as I pick up the cross, I'm picking up Jesus. I'm picking up, He's living inside of me. But Lord, let me actually be reminded to do that so that I'm, what my life brings, it's pleasing to you. It's not a strange smell. It's a sweet smelling aroma. There's nothing casual about serving God but sometimes we think it is there's nothing casual about your time with him you might think well I yeah we came here tonight and we sang a few songs and now we're listening to the word but this is not a casual gathering the presence of God is here I believe that God is here in the midst of us and I don't ever want to take it lightly that we get to be here and I picture Jesus right here he's here everything and anything that we do let it not take it lightly let us not take that lightly we have fellowship with jesus he became the high priest he became the sacrifice he became the offering he became the mediator and so i just i just want to leave this with you of god judged nahab and abihu for their strange fire It resulted in death, but it was something that, it was rejected by God because he is a holy God. And it let everybody know, because all the people of Israel were there, how holy he he really was and is. The fear of God was forsaken in the offering that that they gave to him. And it resulted in death. And so, Lord, give us clarity for what we're offering to you. Lord, give us clarity in how what and how we're serving and and and, and how we're how we're living our lives and what we're offering to you, Lord. Put the fear of God back in, inside of us to say, Lord, does this please you? Am I doing this unto you, Lord? Or is there anything else outside of how I'm operating or what I'm doing, Lord? I want to offer you a pleasing sacrifice, Lord. Not something strange. Is what I'm giving to you, is it a sweet-smelling aroma to you? Are you pleased with me, Lord? I want to be found faithful at the end, Lord. So let us ask that to him. Like, Lord, like, let that be so, it's sobering. It's a, man, Lord, is this, how or is this the way you want me to go teach me show me walk with me so i i I just want to share share that with us tonight because i i I truly believe that the sacrifice that we offer and how we offer it, it costs us something and so don't die because of a careless act don't die yeah physically we die one day but spiritually right now don't die out of irreverence for the lord Don't spiritually die out of irreverence. Don't spiritually die and come out of the race. You cancel yourself outside of the race of God because of a a lack of of, of knowledge of, of, of the Lord, of who he really is, and irreverence and carelessness. Like, there's no room for that right now. You can't be just complacent. When you're, you may not be motivated to read the word of God, but it doesn't matter. You got to get up and you got to read. It doesn't matter. I, Where there's no motivation, that's when your discipline kicks in. Because no one's going to be there constantly saying, hey, did you read your word? Hey, did you pray? Tell yourself that. (laughs) We got to because it's like, Lord, I was praying that, Lord, put the fear of God in me. Let me tremble before you, Lord. You are holy. I don't ever want to think that it's so light that I get to open my word of God and I get to seek you and praise you. I'm not going to have motivation, but Lord, I have the discipline and you've shown me that. So I pray right now. I just want to pray for us right now. Can we, let's just close our eyes. Father.